Okay. All right, so here we're here with Miss Jameson. Um, so you want to talk about equality? I'm Jenna Benson, and I use she/her pronouns. I'm Leah Schmidt. I'm bisexual, and I use she/her pronouns. Our podcast is about LGBTQ plus equality, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, plus meaning other sexualities such as semisexual, asexual, and etc. Um, we're pretty much going to be asking you questions about some problems that the LGBTQ plus people face. If at any point during this interview a question makes you feel uncomfortable, let us know and we can skip the question. Let's begin. Okay. What is your sexuality? Can you explain what said sexuality really is? Uh, my sexuality is that I am straight, female. My pronouns are she, her. Um, and basically that just means I'm into males. Um, what are your pronouns? Can you explain how people should use said pronouns? My pronouns are she, her. I would, I guess, generalize myself as like a stereotypical female. Um, but now I know that that's not obviously where the world is kind of going. Um, what was the second part of the question? Uh, how should people use said pronouns? Just whenever they're referring to me. Are there any stereotypes around your sexuality that are untrue or that you don't like? Um, my sexuality, I don't know. The stereotypes around my sexuality I don't really have a problem with. It's more of like the expression of my, of my gender. Um, which is kind of a bigger issue and just like the stereotypes that come along with being a woman like how women should act or who we should be into and everything like that Um, do you like how the media portrays your sexuality yes and no Um, I think it's just sexuality is very complex and I think that often we do kind of try and depict sexuality as like a, a mold for everyone to fit into And I think that it's such a spectrum that it needs to, like, diversify within the media of how we portray that sexuality. Like, as a woman, I feel I'm represented really well, but I know there's, like, so many different types of women that don't feel like they're represented in the media, and those are the ones that I want to see and hear from so that I can educate myself and also, like, give voice to those people. Mm -hmm. Have you ever... Oh, do you want to Oh, you can say Okay. Have you ever seen someone else experience homophobia? What happened? Did you step in or just watch? How did that make you feel? Yes, I see homophobia pretty much every single day in middle school. Um, A lot of it is more of fear, in my opinion, of being, like, pointed at as a homosexual. So, like, specifically within boys, I see a lot of boys um, saying gay, faggot, any type of um, derogatory word that goes along with it. And that, I think, is... kind of like trying to push any blame that might be put onto them for displaying those characteristics. I just think it's very sensitive within male and I think that gets into like toxic masculinity and everything like that. Um, but I see that a lot. Basically at school though, I just try and like um, speak up the best that I can, try and educate on like what those words actually mean, why it's derogatory, that kind of stuff. Um, do you believe that it's okay to blame religion for being homophobic? No. No. And this is like a very big question for me because um, I did go to private school growing up and so I do know like the religious beliefs of homophobia and why it's not right according to the faith. Um, But I don't think that faith is an excuse. I mean, I identified as Catholic growing up um, and even the Pope comes out to say that like homophobia isn't something that we should be um, 
denouncing or it shouldn't be something that we're like demonizing because it's not love is love is what the pope says so i think the more times religion can come forward with acceptance it's gonna help i guess both playing fields so to speak um but to get back to it i don't think i do think religion is like a problem with it because it does put those ideas in your brain and more of the ideas of like why it's wrong and not the ideas of just like focusing on yourself instead of others so I don't know but I also understand that like people's religions are like product of their environments and that's the religion so I don't know there's a separation that exists I I like still am kind of trying to figure out that line but to me I would not blame my religion on like I don't think that's a good enough excuse um I did some research on like religions and stuff for that question Uh uh-huh and I looked into the religion of Islam, and mm-hmm. they have, like, a thing, and it's, like, um, you can have, like, homosexual thoughts, but you can't act on the thoughts, or else that's seen as a sin. Um, but it's also, if you go out and you, like, hate crime these people, or are, like, like verbally abusive towards these people, mm-hmm. like, that's also going against your God. Yeah. And I feel like if people would just, like, keep their thoughts to themselves, and just, you know... Like, yeah. just keep it to themselves and not do anything about it. I feel like the world would have less of a problem. Not yeah. saying that it's okay, but, like, it's just There's not. definitely some hypocrisy in, like, the word of God as told by man within, like, every religion. So the same thing that you're saying of, like, accepting others, but also, like, we can't accept those people. Well, that doesn't make sense. So, I don't know. It kind of goes to, it comes down to, like, what you believe yourself. I don't think that you can say like god made me do that but also i don't know there's people that do believe that so i can't be the i'm not god to judge those people Mm -hmm. um i just know that that's not what i believe that's not what i want my family to believe i don't want anyone to excuse their actions with something else when they can control themselves yeah like i hear a lot because people they're like i'm not homophobic i still love you if you are gay but i don't support you or your decision right. and it's like it's not a decision it's not a choice uh-huh i can't control how i feel about people exactly and so it's like you you're just not going to support people that really do need the support exactly everything you know it just always is wild to think about like that it's even articulated like why is it even brought up to begin with like that's what's crazy to think about is that somebody had to bring this up to begin with and make it a problem so, I don't know, like, what's, why is that the problem? Why are we articulating that as the problem? Who decided that it was a problem? Mm-hmm. And so on. Yeah, like, if everyone just kind of, like, I don't know, if some of the people, like, if uh, two people of the same gender got married, your life isn't going to change, it's not going to affect right. you, so why does it bother you so much? Exactly. Judgment's a big thing for me, too. Yeah. Um, what are some examples of homophobia that you've seen here at school? Um, like I previously said, it's mainly, like, the the comments that are made. And sometimes they're not even made, like, to somebody that would be displaying, like, a typical LGBTQ characteristic. Like, a lot of times it's just said, like, very flippantly. So, like, if guys are, like, going to the bathroom or whatever, they, like, brush hands on the way down. Like, whoa, that's gay. All of a sudden. And it's like, okay. Like, obviously, things like that we don't need to blow up that's like kind of like taking away the meaning of it too so those are the big things that I see is just it being used out of context for the most part but also being used like just like I said flippantly for no like not the right reasons 
and it's like why are you why are you saying like are you implying that it's like a bad thing exactly and i think like getting back to that toxic masculinity thing like i think it is a societal like thing that's engraved into brains is that it is a bad thing or it is something that makes you different or your life is so much harder that way and i don't know because i've never experienced it but i think we need to like change the verbiage so that it's not something that is like, oh, I don't want to be that, or I don't want to be seen as that because that's bad or that's negative or whatever. Agreed. All right. Uh, what are some things that are normalized in schools that you believe are transphobic or homophobic? Oh, this is a loaded question. Transphobic or homophobic? I don't know, necessarily know within schools, but, like, I just think societally there's just a lot of things that are, like, taught to us at a young age. Boys do this. Girls do this. Boys go to the bathroom here. Girls go to the bathroom here. Um, you play with this gender. You play with this gender. Your friends can be this. Your friends can't be that. And, again, I, I don't necessarily think it's, like, taught by schools, but I think it, like, it's amplified by schools because once you kind of get socialized with other groups of people with differences, it starts to, like, bring to light those things. I don't, I can't think of anything, like, specifically that, like, I feel is taught or anything. But, like, maybe if I heard some examples, I might agree and be like, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Um, do you believe schools, what do you believe schools can do to help further educate on transgender? Um, educating staff, I think, is really big. Um, just because the conversation I feel like is just starting to like take off with all of these issues coming up and like what people are actually facing and there's more comfortability around talking about it. I think educating staff is like huge and offering the opportunity. I don't want to say mandating it, but like making sure people have that opportunity um, because a lot of people don't like seek out that opportunity on their own. Like if there is somebody that is religious on staff, might not seek out a learning opportunity about LGBTQ plus because they might see it as morally wrong or whatever. But if we're just like integrating those conversations into like our regular PD, I think that would like help the experience because we already integrate, for example, like diversity conversations. Like we already are coached up on like black versus white, different races dealing with cultural and everything like that. So why aren't we getting coached up on this when it is like a growing number um, that is going to be represented? Um, I, like, I had a friend come out to me in sixth grade as non-binary, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what that was, and so I was probably just sitting there, like, misgendering them, because yeah. I didn't know what it was, and I wish that schools would have, I mean, obviously I could have Googled it, but I didn't, Right. but, like, I wish that schools would just create, like, a, a an environment where they, like, teach kids about this so that they don't go around saying derogatory slurs or yeah. misgendering people, or even if, like, their family at home is like oh no no I'm like homophobic or whatever they can come to school and see oh well this is a safe place right it's still modeled here yeah yeah because then if you because I feel like you have to learn from an early age where you're you're not going to really understand so well and you're still gonna have like those you know still homophobic like yeah. watching as you grow older so I feel like schools can do a better job of like teaching that like earlier is like totally first agree. grade, second grade stuff, so then people know and are like, oh, so it's not bad. Yeah. And then they don't use like that's gay or slurs mm-hmm. or whatever. The hard part is, is that sometimes those courses are offered up as optional. And then the people that need those courses are the ones that like parents may elect not to be in the course. 
So then they don't have like that, that background exposure experience, whatever, to actually taking it and getting the information that they need to have more perspective. So that's where it's kind of like you are a product of your environment. Like you can't be given the opportunity if it's not available for you. So anyways, different, different thought. Okay, so this is a big thing. In 2019, the U.S. Department... In 2016, the U.S. Department of Justice and U.S. Department of Education under President Barack Obama issued guidance to state and provide educational institutions stating that these institutions had to allow transgender students to use toilets according to their gender identity. This quote is from wikipedia.org, but it's backed up by plenty of other sources. How do you feel about this bathroom law? Um, I kind of like missed the part of it, but they said that you can use the bathroom that you, you identify as. Is that what it's saying? Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Like if it, whatever you identify as, cause that's a, that's a bigger thing. I mean, who, who are we to say that you can't use that because you're not, you're not identifying the right way. Who am I to say that you are identifying the right way? So yeah, I agree. Go where you need to go. Who does it really affect? If it's a problem, like prove it prove it that it's a problem yeah. let's see let's see what the problems are and then we can figure that out like if somebody were like the biggest excuse is well if we have um these people using this bathroom well rape cases are gonna go up right but if somebody was that sick in mind to fake their gender identity just so that they could go sexually assault somebody I don't think that a little sign on the bathroom would be stopping them. From right, doing it. right. Yeah, don't play. If it's not in the bathroom, it's going to be somewhere else. Like yeah. the, the, they'll find an avenue. It. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Like, don't blame the community. Blame the people that are doing these things. And also, that's just spreading more fear. Yeah. It's and like, it's like we don't need to spread fear. You just made something that it, it doesn't need to be. It's yeah. the same thing. If I, I keep comparing it to race, because it's like, okay, so I see like somebody walking down the road that's a different race than me they could do this, this, and this because we're both walking down the street, but like, does that mean that they're going to? Like, it just, it's projecting a stigma that doesn't need to be there. In 2019, overview by Glad.org states, for the first time in this report's history, there were an equal number of films which included gay and lesbian characters. Gay men appeared 55, 55%, 11 of inclusive films. A drop from last year, 64%. Lesbian representation has increased significantly up to 55%. Level of inclusive films featuring lesbians from 36, 36 in 2000, 2017. Bisexual representation has remained steady at a low 15% three films. There were, there were zero transgender inclusive films from major studios in 2018. A finding constant with this previous year. Uh, here are some graphs from the same 2019 overview by glad.org. Here it says 55% gay men, 55% lesbian, and then it drops down by like 45% to 15% uh, for bisexuals. And then most of the movies were like comedy and like mm-hmm. drama, and there was only one documentary. Mm-hmm. So it's not really taking that like educational view. Yeah, the comedy it's, thing it's, is kind of shocking a little bit. <laughs> that's what comedy is. Because I feel like if you're only going to portray these characters in comedy... Yeah. Like, comedies are always, like, very... 
they're like not meant to be offensive, but there's definitely offensive things that you can, yeah. you can spot out. You're like, wait a second. And they wait. amp up those stereotypes because they know yeah. they're funny. Yeah. And something that I feel, I don't know if you guys feel this, but like, um, being LGBTQ plus, you kind of like make like jokes about it, like to yourself or to your friends. And so they could be like the, the LGBTQ plus people in the film, the comedy film mm-hmm. could be making that joke, which is making the straight people watching at home be like, oh, I can make that joke. Yes, yeah, like, it definitely. It's like giving permission to mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize the staggering numbers of like the bisexuals, but now that I'm thinking about it, like I guess I haven't seen very many movies or TV shows that kind of represents that group of people. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just a thought. In a 2011 survey by YouGov found that out of 8,589 LGBTQ plus students ages 13 to 20 from 3,224 schools, 85% frequently heard gay being used in a negative way. 57% heard homophobic remarks from students, teachers, and other staff members. 82% of students have been verbally harassed because of their sexuality. 64% reported feeling unsafe because of their sexuality. 38% were physically harassed because of their sexuality. And 18% were physically assaulted because of their sexuality. As a staff member, how does that information make you feel? Uh, it definitely hurts a lot. Like, as someone that does care and feels like they tried to make a difference in those, it's it's sad that it's still happening. And it's like, when is it happening? Like, to me, it makes me, like, really want to learn more and kind of analyze that data. So, like, when is it happening? Where is it happening? Like, are there adults around? Because then it's kind of like, what could I do? What could I, am I doing, am I doing all I can? Am I doing the right thing? So it just makes me question and want to analyze so that we can like become better because like obviously there should be zero percent of people experiencing these things people shouldn't be coming to school a safe space again to experience discrimination or to feel like they're going to get assaulted or anything like that yeah have you ever seen any of these happen to a student what did you do to help the student uh, i haven't seen any like assaults taking place nothing along those lines like I, like i've previously stated everything i like hear for the most part is just like the derogatory statements of like labeling someone as gay um most of the time it's like a misuse of the word so it's like you're using it to someone that actually isn't even gay they're just using it to describe their friend group or whenever they're doing something that is perceived as unacceptable by a male society um that's pretty much all i see and i like i've said before i I pretty much just call it out um, well, oh, sorry. But I know, like, last year, there was something. It, I don't know exactly what happened because I just say it in a classroom what happened. But last year, there was, um, there was a transgender student in a classroom. And there was somebody, and they were making fun of them because they were transgender and saying they're trying to be a boy and they're not. Mm-hmm. And then they took it out in the hallway, and I don't exactly know. But I know, like, that kind of really hurt. Like, not me, but I know because I knew who the student was and mm-hmm. we weren't super close but we talked a few times you know mm-hmm. and it was like just imagining how that would feel right to be told that you're not who you are right when you know it's just it was like a lot and I was like yeah really shocked interesting it's interesting that that even happened without like a follow-up from like administration because like usually when stuff that's big happens they want to like talk to staff about it and let us know like hey this happened here's how we move forward but I, I don't know what situation you're talking about, but... Yeah, it happened last year. I think I'm not really positive. 
I think it happened in math class last year. It was, I don't know. Are we almost, I'm just wondering. Yeah, we have, yeah. like, three. Left. Okay. Um, what do you think schools can do to help, and how could, uh, like, teachers tie in LGBTQ West problems into their lessons? Um, education's going to be key, again, for staff and, like, how to broach the subjects, but also... I think we do need to kind of offer up, and I hate to say an elective, but like, it's kind of like a tough ground. Like we can't, I don't know what the rules are necessarily for like implementing a class, but implementing a class to educate students as well, to the implement the harms, whatever. I think we've done a better job with like our morning curriculums. Like we did that gender, uh, gender identity lesson. And so like overall there's curriculum that's done a better job of integrating some of these issues so we can work through them. But I think it needs to be on like a bigger scale and I think it needs to be more directed um, and targeted to like groups of people <laughs> that need it. Yeah, I think it would be easy just to even tie it into like health class. I was thinking Maybe, the same cause thing. Because I know that's required. Yes, so, like, it's just that's where I know that it gets to be parents can elect for students to not be in the class. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't, again, I don't know any of the rules around that and I don't know what we can do. I. I I hate to say mandate things, but, like, I don't know if it's, if it will get to a point of, like, hey, it's, like, sex ed, you have to take it. I don't know. Uh, safe sex is, like, important, even if you're, like, if, even if it's not, like, a straight couple, and you're not really taught safe sex, which can lead to, like, HIV and stuff like that. Oh, do you know, do you go through any training on handling homophobia or transphobic situations? Not through the district. I've elected to take my own courses um, during the school year. Like, you can take them through Iowa Safe Schools. So I've taken a couple of courses specifically on toxic masculinity and then just on LGBTQ+. And then I've also taken some other diversity ones. But I've elected to take that on my own. It hasn't been mandatory. Do you think you should have been trained better on how to handle those types of situations? Definitely. I definitely think that there's, like, huge opportunity for growth in this area because, like I said, I feel like your generation is bringing so much more light to it. You guys are so much more comfortable talking about it. And my generation is pretty comfortable, but like the one above us isn't still. So I think we just need to still keep making pushes forward for people to keep bringing it to the forefront and making it a priority so that we can continue to like make change. Yeah, like I know a majority of our, my generation is like, you know, okay. And they're yeah. Cool. They just they're like whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I know like even your generation, some people are still like. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. There's it's a lot of close-minded people, and if you don't know anyone, or like if you don't work in a school, or if you don't have exposure to that, you don't know. Yeah. Like you really just don't. And I hate to say it because like I can think of my brother. Like he works in a primarily white field at a bank. Like they're all pretty much the same. I hate to say that, but that's how it is. If you don't have that exposure to different groups of people, different races, different sexualities, like, you don't know it, you don't know what the issues are, so, like, to him, he's not homophobic by any means, but he is not versed on the issues, he wouldn't know what they are, so, like, he might just be, like, almost elementary in his thinking, because he's just, like, I don't, I don't know anything, it's not, like, a thing in my life, so, I think just making it a priority with Gen Z specifically shoving it to, like, the forefront of our brains, almost making it a thing with everything I think that is important because it starts to like force the conversation yeah and I know my mom she told me she's like because my my uncle is gay and he didn't come out for a really long time and my mom didn't like she didn't really know 
So like before he came out, she would like say things that obviously weren't okay. But then when he came out, she was like, she realized how this might, his probably has affected him yeah. like, all his life in hearing these things from his sister. Exactly. So then after he came out, she's like, oh, like she stopped saying those things, turned it down, educated herself further. Exactly. And now she's not mean about it. Yep. Um, I don't have any other questions. Do you? Mm-mm. All right. Well, thank you for doing the interview with us. Of yeah, course. Thank you. thank you, girls. My stomach is like. Oh, you're.